deep in the marijuana fields of Oregon lives a legend with a plan for world domination. He is Jim Belushi. How you doing? And he's back. Look at me, man. I look like Winnie the Pooh. With high hopes. We are going to take our love to Blues Brothers across this nation. I don't think we stop here. Albania! Prime Minister wants to hear a point of view on cannabis. I want you to be a pioneer here. I'm ready. And high drama. We've got to find out the answer to this fire. It could be arson. Could have been organized crime element. The drama's never too much for me. I can take all the drama. I'm lost. I'm on fire. I'm exploding. Oh, by the way, I get divorced. Growing Belushi, new season Wednesday, April 5th at 9 on Discovery. Welcome back, green-thumbed enthusiasts, to your favorite blend of horticulture and high spirits. This is Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. Friends, you're in for a real treat in this landmark 21st episode because joining us in the grow room today is none other than the legendary Jim Belushi. You know him as a comedic powerhouse, a man with a heart as large as his personality, but today he wears a different hat, one adorned with the greenest of leaves. We'll be diving deep into Jim's journey from the screen to the serene fields of Belushi's farm. Nestled in the lush landscape of Oregon, this isn't just a farm, it's a testament to the healing powers of cannabis and a symbol of growth, both personal and plant alike. Jim's not just growing plants, he's cultivating a legacy that's as impactful as it is inspiring. Growing Belushi, his hit TV series, is on the Discovery Channel. It gives us a peek behind the curtain, showing the sweat, the laughter, and the tears that go into every bud. Jim's root in this industry may have started with a plot of land, but his aspirations are as high as the treetops. And let's not forget about the national expansion. Jim, together with his partners across the country, is spreading out not just the seeds of his plants, but the ethos of quality care and the spirit of Belushi's farm. Jim is taking his mission from coast to coast and proving that when it comes to growth, the sky's the limit. Then there's the Blues Brothers brand, a harmonious blend of soulful legacy and top shelf cannabis. It's a hit in more ways than one, bridging the gap between music, comedy, and cannabis culture, proving that when you hit the right notes, everyone listens. But perhaps the most poignant note in Jim's melodic mission is his work with The Last Prisoner Project. This isn't just about planting seeds in the soil, it's about planting seeds of change, advocating for justice, and ensuring that as the cannabis industry flourishes, those who suffered for its past are not forgotten, but are given hope and help to thrive once more. So sit back, Roll one up and let's journey together into the heart of a farm where every plant has a story and every story is a step towards change. This is Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. Let's grow. I'm a little flabbergasted, but look who we have here. Flabbergasted? Wow. I, I've Mr. Done that in a long time. I try to think of big words. It yeah, that's me, a big word. Makes me seem smart. Acid. That's like four syllables. It's four words in one. I've been called asshole. I've been called uh, you know, just two syllable things, one syllable. Mm. Jerk. But flabbergast. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know yes, what yes. Flabbergast. I'm so flabbergasted that you use the term flabbergasted. It must be the garden. You know, we Jim Belushi is here, everybody. Welcome. Thank you. To my home. 
and to the show, Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. And, you know, maybe he's flabbergasted because we just did a little tour and he looked at my garden and he's got all these wonderful flowers in his mind. They're beautiful. They're really uh, quite stunning. They smell gorgeous. And, you know, I'm all about the terpenes and the the smell. And uh, you got got a bucket of terpenes in that room. A bucket of terpenes. I like that. A bucket of terpenes in sativa, by the way, which is, you know, really good. Uh, What's the THC of those? Some of them are high. The strawberry cough is tested as high as 29. Mm. Um, sativa. Mm. For sativa. And the grape ape tep- typically only tests around 13 to 15. But Oh, that's what I love. That's my nighty night. That's my night. It's all about the, 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 the cannabinoid profile, right? Oh, my God. You can't convince the consumer of that. They all want to buy the highest THC. Then my wheelhouse is seventeen to nineteen percent. But they're lear- they're finally learning. They're, the, the, I the consumer- disagree. No, I disagree, and I'll argue with you all day because One I'm out there. Dis- it's I am out there in those dispensaries. I'm out there with those yeah. those guys, the buyers, and they want high THC. They pay more for high THC. I go, well, the terpenes, you know, the optimizer for this is Jim. I know. But this is what the consumer, this is the price we can get for 29. This is the price we can get for 21. They're not even going to buy the 17. I go, but the 17 has like 4% mercy in it. It's like you get too high from the 17. Jim, what do you got? All right, well, I got this is 23. This is 21. Yeah, and then not only that, you grow something, you love it, right? And then next year, you're like, no, no, we can't grow that again. We need the new flavor of the month, right? They do like they do like the change, right? You know, I, I used I've been to grow, smoking the same two main strains for thirty years. They I know, but I grow I grow a greenhouse, a black diamond, and I grow a greenhouse. That's a one of yours, pine. isn't it? Black diamond, yeah. That's one of black yours. Diamond, yeah, I remember. I watched the show. Yeah, and uh, you know, we sell thirty pounds out of it, but then we we have forty to kind of slowly get rid of because everybody already has it. Mm. So what we ended up doing was splitting up the greenhouse for almost eight different strains. And we sell it all because they're like, oh, we like that new strain. Oh, we like that new strain. More new strains, more new strains. So, you know, the marketplace really dictates it. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of this a little bit, man. We have a a, a lot of interesting things to talk about. Um, You know, uh, your show, Growing Belushi, the three seasons of that is an absolute just a piss fire of fun. Well, if piss you know, fire of fun, that's almost as good as flabbergast. I'm going to keep them coming. <laughs> it is a piss fire of fun. And uh, it's got three seasons. We have three seasons. It's on uh, HBO Max. It's right there, available to anybody who wants it. Or who right. And Discovery. And Discovery. And Discovery. And so, you know, um, what I wanted to ask you first off was, you know, kind of a chicken and the egg kind of thing. Like, when you... I wanted you to first tell me a little bit about when you decided to buy a farm and why. But I'm just curious did the did the farm come exclusively first? The idea to start a cannabis business? Well, actually, you already the, have the, the idea the, for the if show. You, if you watch the show, you see where that house is. Uh-huh. That's there was 13 acres along the river, mm-hmm. 1,800 feet of waterfront mm-hmm. on the, the World River, and it's just gorgeous. Right across the river is is beautiful. More animals than people. Uh, even across the river, yeah. yeah. There are more, yeah, more animals. <laughs> uh, so uh, it was a elks, 
picnic grounds. You know the Elks? Mm-hmm. They they had a they had a stage on it. Mm-hmm. They had a kitchen, a barbecue. They didn't have a house, but anyway, I bought it and built a house there. And it was just thirteen acres. And I became friends with Becca, lovely Becca, Charlie, who lived behind me on an eighty acre farm. And you know, unfortunately Becca passed and she wanted me to she wanted me to buy the farm and create a life estate for her husband Charlie. And that's what I did. So all of a sudden now I have ninety three acres, I have a farm and I don't know what to do with it. Right. Except for now I have ninety three acres on the river instead of thirteen acres. So I thought, you know, real estate wise that mm-hmm. makes sense here. And then I didn't know what to do, you know. Grow corn, hay, uh, soybean. And then? Danny Ackroyd was the one who said, ah, Jimmy, this would be great. It's legal here in uh, Oregon, you know. The the new agriculture, Jimmy. And I was like, all right. So he put me in touch with Captain Jack, who was his weed dealer during Saturday Night Live days. Nice. That's a great little story there. Oh, uh, well, Captain Jack's got a whole story in himself. Oh, wow. He, in 70 and 71, he went to uh, uh, Mashar Arif. I can't pronounce it. Mazar-i-Sharif. Mazar-i-Sharif. Thank you. Uh, I've never been there, but I've smoked the hat. Yeah, well, <laughs> he worked in the, with the villagers for two right, summers, and right. they gifted him a bunch of seeds. Ah, yes. And he came back to Connecticut, started oh. growing those seeds. And, uh, you know, that's, I can't imagine Jack has 5.2% terpenes and 4% is mercy. Uh-huh. So this is some strong stuff. And Danny used to buy it, John and a couple other guys, and they would smoke it while they were writing on Saturday Night Live. And I was like, oh. So this is where Coneheads came from. <laughs> no doubt. So it was a really cheesy smell, high terpene values. And uh, it would just smell the halls up. And so they called Captain Jack with smell of SNL. Wow. So uh, Danny turned me on to Captain Jack. And then I knew another guy, uh, Jeffrey Iverson, who's he's just a great grower. He has great, great sativas. Beautiful, beautiful genetics in Oregon, outside of uh, Bend. And so I had the two of them grow uh, medical. You know, they could each grow 24 plants. So that's how it started. Hmm. And then it just, once you start in this relationship with this, this feminine energy, this cannabis plant, she kind of leads you to where you're supposed to be. I remember hearing you talk about this now, watching the first couple of seasons. It's been a while. It's been a couple of years since I've seen it. And and I, I, I quickly picked up on your, that you were a little bit surprised by, by the connection that you found. I mean, that it wasn't displeasing, but uh, it was, a you know, it kind of hit you like a brick. Well, you start and you learn. Right. And Captain Jack and Jeffrey taught me. And as I went from dispensary to dispensary to sell it, I learned what the buyers what I learned more of the customers were at. And the real turning point for me was we were in the, the coast in Oregon at a dispensary and uh, Nico's place. And uh, 
I was doing like a personal appearance. And there was a big line of people. And, you know, I usually, you know, tap people on the shoulders to see inside, you know, mm-hmm. take photos, sell my weed. And there was a guy standing there, uh, long hair, beard, big eyes, very skinny, very thin. And he just, he looked at me and he caught my eye and I, I said, are you all right? And he said, well, I'm, I was a medic in Iraq. And I saw things that happened in the human body that nobody should ever see, Jim. And when I came back, I went to the Veterans Hospital. They said I had triple PTSD. And he goes, I don't know what that means. Never even heard of that. Yeah, uh, but all I know is they gave me a bottle of 600 oxycontin. Because the VA can't prescribe weed, right? And he goes, I couldn't take it. And I, I, I got off that with cannabis. And, but, but I couldn't talk to my wife. I couldn't talk to my children. I couldn't sleep. And he goes, your black diamond OG is the only strain that allows me to talk to my family, my children, my wife, and sleep. And he teared up and he hugged me. And I said, hey, man, I didn't make this. He goes, no, but you're a steward. And that was it. That was like, oh, this isn't a business. This isn't about profit margins. This is, we're really having an impact in our community on families. I mean, the number one fear in life is death. The number two fear in life is the collapse of family. So if cannabis can help his family not collapse because he's not collapsing, I mean, alcohol creates just total disaster in families, collapses families right and left. I don't think cannabis does that. I think it takes people's fear down, takes their anxiety down, heals the traumas they have. I mean, so I, I, I went on this medicine thing, and as soon as I opened my head to that, I kept meeting more people at these suspensory visits. I had 106 bones broken in a car accident, and I was addicted to this and that. I got off it and came to cannabis to save my life. I did story after story after story after story about how cannabis has changed people's lives, their families, and helped cure whatever screaming they had inside of them. Just everybody struggles. Especially since the pandemic, man, I'm still struggling from that. Well, we're all changed. Yeah. It, there's a struggle, and people need medicine. It's always been there. They try to knock alcohol out and prohibition. People wanted their medicine, and they got it back. And unfortunately, people use alcohol as a medicine, and it's just not. It's like, no, just it's not. You know, you, you just described... Um, the ultimate, the totality of why, of how and why I became Kyle Cushman. You know, it was that when I, uh, when I first grew my first batch of weed, of course, it was to supplement my income and not have to buy it and to sell it. But shortly thereafter, when you start realizing that people, um, you're, you're changing lives, 
And, and, um, you know, this is, this is not something that you're unfamiliar with because, um, being in the entertainment industry, um, you know, that's something that you can feel good about all the time as well. You know, you're changing people's lives. You bring smiles to people's faces, um, music, um, and laughter, you know, are, as they say, the best medicine, but you know, and then there's cannabis. Well, so you've, you've managed to bring I, all I these am, things together. I feel like your I life. am still on purpose. You know what I mean? The purpose of entertainment is just what you said, is to have an impact on people and have them laugh. I mean, you know, when he says to be at Second City, you know, Friday night, a guy would take his wife, you know, out to Second City. They'd go out to dinner. They'd have a drink. They'd get tired because they work on They'd probably you know, bitched and moaning each other, couldn't find a parking spot. They'd walk into the theater with their head down, but they'd walk out with their head up because they'd laugh together. They had a communal feeling. And yeah, comedy was making an impact on people's lives. Entertainment has some positive medicine. Absolutely. So I, I, I really simplified it. My purpose has been to make people feel good. And cannabis does that too. Yes. So it was. It's. I didn't realize it, but it's an easy transition for me. Yeah. Purpose is right there, and yeah. I can be motivated and aggressive about it, and feel good. I grew my first crop of cannabis with my coke dealer. Oh. I moved into his house. I lived in his living room, and we grew in his extra bedroom. And after our first crop, we both not only did we quit doing coke and quit selling coke, we gave up all those friends and made a new set of friends mm-hmm. and set us on this new trajectory Beautiful and journey. And it was, uh, it, it, it's, it's very, um, that's what I mean. When you invest in this feminine energy of this plant, right? She takes you to where you're supposed to be. I, I, I just, it's that. about self-sufficiency. It's, it's, you can't do anything better for yourself than grow your own food or produce your own medicine for your head. Yeah. I mean, what is better than that? Yeah. You know? And, um, Man, that that is really that is really an inspiring little discussion you just gave me, because it really did it. it, it, it you gave you gave me a little piece of validation, right there. That's and why we're here, man. That's why I'm here sitting with you. It is. It You're is. doing good things. That's why I came. That's it why is. I drove in the rain for an hour to get here. I am. I am. I'm so thankful you're here. So let's let's talk a little bit more about so. You know, cannabis is this ultimate amazing substance that I believe that every human on the planet can somehow benefit by. I don't mean you have to smoke it, not, but but cannabis is just such a, a ubiquitous plant that whether you have a little bit of arthritis or whether you have trouble eating or whether you have things, there's, 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 I used to say, bad attitude, wrong strain. Yeah, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that'd make a great bumper sticker, yeah. you know? Because if once you find the one that rings your bell that doesn't give you anxiety, that does the one that you want, and that doesn't give you any side effects like any other medications, all medications have a yin and a yang. So, um, so now that brings me to another really important topic. Um, you are involved with the Last Prisoner Project. No, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, a good friend of mine, Steve D'Angelo. Yeah, yeah, I know Steve very well. He's the uh, one who got me in it. He's been traveling the world, and um, you know, I don't know if too many. Well, people, last I heard, he was in Jamaica. Is he back home now? Probably, it's because uh, you know the biopic about Bob is coming out, and it's his birthday this this week. I think is Bob Marley's birthday. Oh, right. Yeah, and but but I don't know too many people who have spent more of their life 
than Steve trying to spread the word of the benefits of cannabis and trying to, to normalize he's it. very articulate. And to leak, oh, he's, he's incredible. And uh, he, did, he takes a lot of heat, you know, but you know, does everybody always make the perfect decision? Does everybody always align with the perfect group? Does everybody always not, you can't always predict unintended consequences is what I'm getting at. So, um, but Steve's a great guy and Last Prisoner Project is a really good cause. Tell uh, our listeners a little bit about that project. It's simple. There's 40,000 incarcerated men and women in this country for uh, the use of cannabis. How many did you say? 40,000. Is that all? 40,000 is the count we have. Wow. And, Not uh, to minimize that number, I just I, I would have put another zero on that if I had to guess. Well, if you want to go well, well I guess you know. We have, a, we have a million people in jail in America, I believe. Yeah, so. So that makes yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, some of those cannabis crimes are, you know, they have a gun involved, and you will never get them out because there was a gun involved. But the possession, you know, selling cannabis, come on, let's get them out. We're doing it right now on the street. And Even so, the president agrees. You know, he may, he may not be doing enough about it, but he says he agrees. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think he could do more about it. I really do. I mean, Maybe a politician uh, couldn't do more. I, you know, I mean, come on. That's what he said at the beginning. You know? So the whole goal of Last President Project is to get everybody who's been uh, put incarcerated for any type of cannabis infraction, get them, get let the fuck out. How can there be people just earning millions of dollars in a factory, in a Willy Wonka-style factory on the corner of sunset and boulevard and then you got people in jail because they got caught with a sack satchel of weed yeah yeah well you know we got Richard Delisi we got out he was the longest serving cannabis prisoner 32 years wow and I went jeez Richard sorry I had to go through that you know and so what did they bust you with like three pounds or something he goes 25,000 pounds. <laughs> what? You had 25,000 pounds of weed? He was, oh, I was flying up from Columbia to Florida. And we got you out? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a lot of weed. That's not like, oh, the guy trying to make a few bucks for his family. That's, That's a, lot a success of guys story. Like that. Let's yeah. keep those kind of things going. But 32 years is a long time. Oh, man. So... You know, if you're interested, um, I'm sure people can donate to that cause if they like. Donate, write letters. Write letters. Write letters to your state's attorney. Just write letters. You know, the only thing that I can think of that even... You go on the website and you get guys' names, what state's attorneys to write to, what to write. You can donate because last person is not just about getting them out. It's about rehabilitating them when they get out, right. helping them find a home, helping them get a job. Right. We're literally feeding them and their family until they get on their feet. So there, there's a lot of good things going on with this project. Yes. Um, yeah, that's really, really important. I'm, I'm really proud of uh, my friend Steve, as I said, and, uh, and to know that you're uh, affiliated with him. That's, that's really Oh, yeah, really he's cool. been a mentor and an inspiration for me. Have you done any traveling with him? Uh, He's a great guy to travel with. Uh, yeah, we met, in, you know, when we shot. Unless you're sitting down doing some ayahuasca ceremony or something. No, I haven't done any ayahuasca <laughs> with him. Uh, when we were filming in 
or Columbia. Uh, mm. We went to Bogota. He was there. Oh, that's we great. We filmed him in Bogota. And he, he led us to some places that we wouldn't have known about. He's always in the know. Oh, yeah. He told us to go to Medellin because there was a big uh, smoke out. It was like, shit, yeah. We got on a plane and went there. And we literally landed and went right to the, the parade. And that's all in the show. You know, that's where Chris lost his seeds. But he helped us find, uh, you know, the set amount of gold, the Punta Rojos. I remember those episodes. Yeah. That was hilarious. You guys got to check it out if you haven't seen it. More, let's talk a little bit more about the weed, you know? I mean, um, so you've got a, uh, a legacy brand, the Blues Brothers brand. Tune in for an exclusive and permanent deal just for you. Get ready to immerse yourself in nature with an ongoing offer of 20% off all Strawberry Cough feminized cannabis seeds, exclusively designed for our valued podcast listeners. When you head over to homegrowncannabisco.com and use code COF20 at checkout, that's C-O-U-G-H-2-0. It's time to embrace the power of nature and embark on a growing experience like no other. Right? Blues Brothers. Danny, it was very important for Danny to create a working man's brand. Uh, we need it for the working man. We need it for the man who works from uh, 11 to 7 at the General Motors plant. They come by, we wanted to get to the dispensary to get a working man's brand. No, that doesn't mean it doesn't get you as high because you got to go to work. Well, it yeah, just well means- is we want a brand that you can work, you know, that you take that break at two o'clock and gets you through the rest of the night, you know? Interesting. You know, so we created these little joints. You can take a few hits and kick it, you know? Uh-huh. And then you go back into work. Uh, he works on it, you know? But uh, yeah, so we have the Blues Brothers brand. We have the Belushi's Farm brand, which is kind of mm-hmm. more of a premium brand uh, the higher THC, I guess. Um, and and, and well, then we have we have some land race strains. We have the Captain Jack, uh-huh. which is uh, a total land race strain. And, and, you know, not high in THC, but killer weed. That's not what counts, people. You no, got to no find the one that rings your bell. We got, uh, you know, we got the Santa Monica Gold, which is a, it's an actual natural two to one. It's two. Uh, you know, two CBD to one THC. So mm-hmm. like, no wonder we liked it in the 70s. It was a great high, right? <laughs> we got the Punta Rojos, which is, you know, a sister to the Panama Red. Uh, but what we also have this this season, we, we found, we went in with Mojave and we got uh, Sage, which is a... THC seeds no, it's created a, the Sage. Is it the real sage, the old school sage oh, from way back in the day, Amsterdam? Yeah, we call it Big Sir Holy Week. That's he Adam was, Dunn and created. He, yeah, and he was there with Adam. Okay, Craig there you go. Dasson. There you go. I know all the old guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was uh-huh. in Amsterdam. Yeah. And that's where they came up with sage. He's one of the expats. He's, yeah. He left here early. And they went over to, he's like uh, him, the DNA guys, um, uh, Skunk Man Sam, um, all these guys. They left America. They were like Amsterdam. We can smoke weed. We can we can grow weed. We're not going to go to go to jail. I don't think they went over there thinking we're going to become these big uh, these big weed aficionados. They just wanted out of the system. Right. They just wanted out of the prohibition. And then you know, you know, uh, fast forward twenty years, and they're uh, they're legends. Well, we got his cultivar, his little cut, and uh, we're just starting to release Big Sir Holy Weed. Nice. Yeah. Uh, uh, sage because that sage is 
Mohammed says it very story. well in the episode. Mm -hmm. He said, you know, remember in the 60s, you, know, you see all that footage of, like, you know, hippies at concerts and they're beating drums. Almost tripping off of it, right? They're just having fun. <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden this pressure came with uh, Nixon and they went up into the hills and started growing in, in, in the mountains, you know, in Humboldt and Mendocino and under trees and in the shade. And they had a hybrid and they hybrid and it became really heavy weed, heavy, heavy feeling. That's where I came in. I mean, like if I'm going to grow in my closet and I'm going to take a chance of going to jail for 10 years and I'm only going to make $5,000 off of this batch of weed, but beside what I smoke, I'm going to make sure that the next time I can sell it for 6000 the next time I can make it, you make it stronger, you make it better, you make it stronger. Right. Right? Prohibition actually is what, it, it fast forwarded the evolution of cannabis probably by a hundred years. I don't like that weed. I like, I like the big sir holy weed. I'm with I you, like, I like the I old like things too. Sativa, the yeah. high limonene, you know, uh -huh. feeling good, being able to talk, laugh with people. But some people like that body stone, you know, it's the difference between getting high and getting stoned. I like to get a little high. Right. Green stone is a different thing, especially if you have ailments, you know? Great, that mercy really just drops your body, you know? So it's, you know, everybody's taste or what's best for their body, but I'm really happy we got Mojave Sage. You know, we're calling it Big Sur Holy Weed. I think we're going to release it in Michigan first. I was just going to ask, so you're getting ready to do some expansion, I hear, and take the... Uh, well, we're in 14 states. Oh, you are? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, very cool. We're in Maine, we're in Massachusetts, we're in Michigan. Uh, I have a, a farm that I'm managing and we're growing our stuff and all our SOPs in uh, Illinois, a place called Shelbyville, and we're releasing Blues Brothers and Belushi's Farm. We literally started last week. Nice. Yeah, and we're, and we're bringing sage there. Uh, in Massachusetts, we have this great, Great rock hash, a brick hash. Oh, it is so good that we can't keep it on the shelves. We actually found another farmer who will grow more weed for us so we can make more of this, you know, live resin, uh, the uh, brick hash. So good. So, but we're, we're, we're just launching in uh, Maryland, uh, Mississippi, which is you know, a tough state right now, um, but Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada. In a small way. Oh my God, South, South Dakota. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and now we're, we're closing deals in Ohio, New York. I don't know, man, there's so many things going on. That's <laughs> yeah. so, so we're expanding, but we're growing in two. Uh -huh. the, all the other ones were, were licensing not only the image, but. Uh, our clones, you know, our seeds from Belushi's Farm in Oregon. So, uh, and, you know, we make sure that the cultivators and us, we see eye to the eye and the SOPs on how to grow it and what kind of nutrients you're using, and, you know, when you're flipping, when you're not, what is the humidity and what is the temperature when you're curing it? What is your curing process? Well, that brings, that, 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 that brings me to my next question. You know, you've been, a, you've been around a while. And, uh, you know, business is always business. And, uh, you know, choosing the right business partner in any business is crucial. Yeah. But when you talk about something like cannabis, 
Um, how do you navigate those waters and make sure you're choosing a good business partner? Well, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I, know. I mean, you, you... But everybody else doesn't know. Well, you, you, you spend time with them. Oh. You know, you, you, you see what their, where their philosophy is at. Right. You got to line up your ethos a little bit. Yeah. I mean, is it all about the money or is it about mostly about the helping and a little bit about the money? Is it? Well, look at my, my thing has always been, Oh God, if I can just break even, I just want to break even. And that makes me happy. But I, I'm a, you know, I'm a rich guy. I'm an actor and did very well. And so I, I can afford speaking my mind and I can afford breaking even, you know, uh, I put a lot of personal money in this, in this purpose. And you can't begrudge them to make a margin. No. So, you know, I'm very sympathetic with them making money. And, you know, we make a little money too, but it's not the gold rush. Certainly the margins suck in this business. And until the federal you know, statute changes, until we get off that, uh, that damn list. And like I said in the beginning of the show, and you disagreed with me vehemently as soon as I opened my mouth, Things are changing, you know, just like if you look at the state of the world, right? Like, are we in a real great place right now? Overall, no, but then there's all these statisticians who tell you, you know, there's less people dying every day because there's actually less war and uh, there's more rights, more human rights. What I'm getting at is things are getting better for cannabis. They're not getting worse. Um, the, 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 the stance on it is advancing. It's not stagnant and it's not going backwards. Correct. At least in a overarching sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Good. And 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 so that's a good thing and that's that's why I do what I do and and um uh, I guess I want to mention also that one of the most important things that I champion these days um not even close to getting people out of jail but um is preserving home growers rights. You know, as we roll out this legalization everywhere, um a lot of states are determined to let people sell marijuana, but not let people grow it for themselves. What states? Because well, most of the states have a, at least a sex plant. They do. Even in Columbia, they're giving it. You know. I, I, I remember, I know this is old news. Look, I'm not up on all the laws. I remember Arizona repealed this. But for a couple of years, they had a law that if you lived within 25 miles of a dispensary, you couldn't grow your own. Oh, really? Like, so, you know, you got to watch all these different states. So uh, if you are in a state that's legalizing or, or you know, and you're writing letters, make sure to make sure that people have the right to grow their own because if Well, the it thing just is, is that it always started off as medicine and it's a medical state, like Florida is a medical state. And part of the medicine thing was you should be able to grow your own medicine. Of course, because a store... What's the chance they're going to have the medicine that you need? Well, also, and, and I remember the guy that runs the OLCC, uh, Mr. Marks. He's not there any longer, but uh, he was wrestling with the idea that Oregon, you can only buy 27 grams at a time. Mm -hmm. He goes, but what about our medical patient that needs a pound in order to bring it down into the RSO oil that he wants? Right. He goes, how can I get him to be able to buy that much but still restrict everybody else from buying it you know it was a struggle for him a moral struggle because I'm, I'm really he really believed in the medicine and the curing properties you know so yeah it's well, it's, it's a struggle you know how they did that here in california right mm -hmm. they just set precedent after precedent after precedent they, they they bust the wrong person who had some money 
and he'd get himself a lawyer and he would show through doctors saying that I can't smoke cannabis. It's too raw. It's too raw of a product for me. I have to refine it down either to the keef. Right. So now I one pound of weed is not a pound of weed. It's only four ounces. Right. It's just four ounces. Right. And then you go from now I can't even smoke keef. I have lung problems. I, I need RSO. I need to do this. And you bring it down even smaller. Mm-hmm. And so all these precedents have been set so that, yeah, the, super cool. the state law says you can only grow six plants in California, but really the law is you can grow as much weed as you need. You're just not allowed to sell it. You're just right, not allowed right, to transfer it. Right, so right. if I need Don't 10 worry, pounds black a year, market's doing it for you. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. You know, what did uh, Tommy Chong say? He said, you know, I, I don't need legalization. He says, my dealer's been doing a great job for the last 25 years. You know? Um, I know. There was somebody in Chicago, girl I knew, she was like 37, even went to college, smart girl. And she was still buying from her dealer. And I was like, well, why don't you just go to the dispensary? It's tested. You know, you know what's in it. She's like, oh, I've never been to the dispensary. I mean, you're like a, a sophisticated girl. What are you talking about? You never been to the dispensary. That's an episode right there. Uh, well, well, we it, it motivated <laughs> one little pod that we did of me in a dispensary going, this is what a dispensary looks like. Look at all the pretty people. They're all waiting. Mm-hmm. Look at all the products. This looks like an Apple store. You're not walking into some scary little place. Right. Trying to expose to the new consumer that this is a safe place to purchase it. Right. Really safe because everything's tested, 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 tested. Absolutely. And, and that's really, really important because if you're going to call something medicine, you know, when you get any other medicine, it doesn't have 95% medicine and then 5% garbage. It's 100% what it's supposed to be. So medicine for me is a very serious word. Yeah. And and I've called cannabis my medicine since before anybody called it medicine. I knew that it was my thing. Like it got me off of hard drugs. You know, I knew I didn't need that anymore. I didn't want it. I didn't need it. And I literally, I literally said to myself a long time ago, self, as long as you abuse no other substance, and I chose the word abuse, as long as you abuse no other substance besides marijuana for the rest of your life, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's what I always said about my brother John. If he was a pothead, he'd be alive today. You know, pots, it's not going to kill you. Yeah, and we've lost way too many uh, really, really talented people um, because of this, uh, you know, even if drugs, you know, it's like, Maybe if drugs weren't illegal, there would have been more education. I just think it's about the fentanyl. It's just fentanyl. Fentanyl, fentanyl. Screw all that shit. Fentanyl, fentanyl, fentanyl. Looking looking into the future. Yes. Looking into the future. Yes. Do you have any dreams or anything coming up on the horizon? What's Jim Belushi trying to formulate at these moments? Anything exciting? New business ideas? Oh, well... Going to make a biopic uh, about your life? No, I, I we do the Blues Brothers, Danny. And me. You know, I can't believe I didn't bring up more of that because that's the jewel. I, I really enjoyed one of my favorite episodes is when you guys did the picnic. Oh yeah, and you did a little bit of the Blues Brothers, yeah. and, all, and everybody. It seemed like everybody from states away came came yeah, yeah, to be yeah, on the yeah, farm. Yeah. That was so much fun, yeah. and the fact that you guys get together now and then. Do you oh actually? God. Do you actually travel and do that oh, as a kid? I now? just came back from Atlanta. Wow, man! We, and, and we we had. Uh, Bose Malone came back. 
We had three horns, two guitars, B3 organ, three singers. Drum. I mean, I'm getting chills. Oh my god, I'm getting I get chills. chills every time we do it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's beautiful. That's really. Dan and I were talking. He goes, I don't know why, but I do love this. I love dancing with you, Jimmy. There we go. We come running out, man. Yeah, man. Seriously. So that is really fun. Yeah. We we really enjoy doing that. And uh, I have a little improvisational group I tour with. That's fun because I love these guys so much. And it's just fun. But, you know. uh, Making TV is fun. I'd like to think I, mean, I haven't done it yet. This is I'm. Still it was proud. fun doing growing Belushi because was it? because of it, it was my show. Yeah, right. It's also it's also it's it's true hard. It's We're, authentic. Uh, we improvised it. Right. There was no right. script. Right. We made that shit up, right. just like spot. we're doing right now. Yeah. And then we edited it down. Right. And that was fun. Yeah. I would like to do that. I would love to do a television show. Um, don't have a great idea at the moment, but you, know, <laughs> yeah. you, never, you never know. But. Uh, Wow. Um, what happened I brought up, Jim? Anything? Oh, no. We talked about the Captain Jack. We talked about... Uh, um, Expanding nationally. Yeah. Talked about Blues Brothers, Belushi's Farm. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a good question. And, and um, when we started, before I even asked you about the marijuana or about the growing it, you started immediately by describing the importance of the feeling that it gave you. Uh, it was personal. You helped a, a personal family out, and that's what, you know, all of a sudden you had this connection. Tell me a little bit about how those feelings and those, uh, 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 the first interactions of you discovering how important cannabis was, how that helped uh, build the ethos of your brand, Belushi's Farm. Well, You know, I mean, a lot of people got started in the cannabis business because it was the greed rush. Uh, sure. You make a lot of money, and, you know, I kind of backed into it because of the farm at Danny. But it was always about, you know, so much money in this business. And when it changed over from that gentleman I met on the coast of Oregon, uh, money has been the issue. Right. It's all about the quality of the weed and the testing of the weed. Trials and the tribulations of yeah. actual growing. Yeah, and you know, agriculture is cool, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, our country is built on agriculture. The world is built on agriculture. We all had ancestors that were farmers. If yeah, we didn't, we wouldn't yeah, be here. Yeah, I mean, uh, farming is, you know, they, what's great about farming is your feet are in the ground. You're grounded. You're working with the ground. You're working with God's gifts, the sun, father, son, Mother, you know, you know, Mother Earth, and you know, it's a the, great the reason spirits, to get up every day. The, the river spirits, you know, the, the spirits of the it all comes in this beautiful kind of feeling. It's gorgeous, it's just gorgeous stuff. I mean, the other side of it is a drag, and that is the aphids, you know, the deer, you know, the deer you have to eat too. I know, but don't <laughs> eat my native plants, you know. I feel like a cross between. Elmer Fudd and Bill Murray, and, uh, you know, and, uh, when it's chasing a gopher, you know, it's like, I got to keep these gophers and squirrels out. Agriculture's tough, man. You got weather, you got pests, you got pest control that you want to make sure it's organic pest control. You want to be safe. It's, it's, 
It's hard stuff. It's challenging, but it's so rewarding to be in the ground. A farmer's work is never done. Yeah. Yeah. And which is cool because right. you're always fixing something. Right. You know, you have to be a MacGyver. You got to, you know, you, you walk around with a knife, a hammer, and a big roll of gaffer's tape when you're on a farm. So mention again, how big is the farm and how many people do you have running it? Well, the property is 93 farm. acres. Yeah. Uh, the farm is only four greenhouses. Mm -hmm. So it's all within, you know, I mean, we can only grow 10,000, the canopy of 10,000 square feet. Right. Uh, and the outdoor, you can do 40, but, in, you know, greenhouses can sit indoor. Mm -hmm. So right now I have three people running. Uh, I went from 15 to three because we, we, the price of the power went down so fast in Oregon that hmm. uh, I, I was making $50 a pound. I mean, that's not worth it. I said, because insurance, I got to pay so many ancillary monies that it's just not worth it. So we cut it down to why two they greenhouses. Why did this to this industry? How did they ever come up with the plan to taxate? How did we ever it agree to this? It wasn't the taxing. It wasn't even the taxing. I haven't paid any taxes. In California, it's, it's the taxing. Yeah, oh, oh, at the, at the retail yeah. level, yeah, it's, it's killer. And, you know, if you actually make a profit, you don't get to keep much. Right. You know, I, we're not really, you know, we're not bragging about the profit. We don't make any profit. So I've really paid a lot of tax, although the consumer does at the, at the store level, that's for sure. Right. Terrible, especially California. Terrible. It's like booming. The black market is booming because of the overregulation, the overtaxation here in California. It was, it's I I like, never, Gavin, come on, man. You know what it's like? It's it's like for 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 decades they've been trying to stamp out drugs and marijuana with the with the drug war, right? Yeah. And so Inadvertently, they go and they legalize it, and what is that? That just snuffed it out overnight. How did that happen? You know, instead of bombing them, <laughs> instead of bombing the country, they go, we're not going to bomb anymore. We're going to just go into the country and take over the businesses. <laughs> you know, it's, and this is instead right. of arresting us anymore, we're just going to overtax right. you and overregulate. It's still a war on drugs. Colgate, Paul Mall of marijuana. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> Colgate. Wow. I can't tell you. Man, well, I really, this has been a great conversation. Oh, well, it was nice meeting you and talking to you. And, uh, um, I love your growing here. It's terrific. You know, before I let you go, I do want to, I want to, I'm going to pose one other question because uh, the big thing like I do is I encourage all my listeners to grow their own weed. Do you have any advice that you could give to people growing their own weed, whether indoors or outdoors? You're growing your own weed. Some advice from Jim Belushi. I actually had a little kit that we put together uh, to do that. We showed on the show on how to do it. We, what, what did it have in the kit? Well, we, we created, we had a tent, a little gorilla tent. Ah, we showed, grow yeah, grow tent. Uh -huh. We showed the kind of light, the fan, mm -hmm. we, you know, and I showed how to trim and everything. So we, we have a, 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 we had a kit in, uh, in the stores up there. Grow Generation. Right, yeah, sure, stores. Uh, but I think that fell apart. But hey, look, you, you can go to any one of these stores and they'll tell you how to do it. I mean, they'll tell you how to do it. You go on YouTube and there's just great instructions. And it's the, the, the here's the first thing you should remember about growing cannabis it's a fucking weed, <laughs> it'll grow. 
It will grow. You can you can slap it. You can put rain on it. You can do whatever you want to. It's still going to grow. In the TV show, we bring back the weed from Columbia for Dan. And he's so excited. It's like, about the gold, okay. the rojos. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want to see it. And it's like, oh. And we go out there, and it's all dead. Because what happened was that weed that we got from the, you know, uh, the basically the equator where they have 12 hours of sun every day, all year, same temperature. You bring it up to Oregon, it's a different atmosphere. And these these sativas have a 14 to 16 to 18 week cycle. So you grow it outdoors. And at 12 weeks, it's it's end of October. Now, I, this weed did you is grow, not, Did you grow some of that? Well, we grew it outdoor, and, and, and look, we're into November, right. and it's not done. Right. And so it died. Right. Right. Okay. Dead. Brown. Frozen dead. I mean, the cold killed it. Everything killed it. The weather. Every, we're in November. Danny comes and sees it, and it's dead. Thank God we still had clones, and that's how we got out of it with Danny in the story. But the grower goes, can I get, when we shoot it, he goes, can I get rid of these plants now? Because I said, don't take them out. I want to shoot it. And I go, yeah. I said, it looks like there's some buds out there. He goes, oh. I said, scrape a couple of those buds out. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Dead. Dead, dead, dead plants. Took the buds off, rolled them up. Great high. <laughs> I was like, this is a dead cannabis plant. And I'm getting high on it. It's a weed. It will always serve you. The girl will always be there for you. So whatever you do, you're going to grow it, have fun, get into the life of the feminine energy, and she will take you to where you're supposed to be. Fantastic. I love the advice. I love the attitude. And um, I love your candy. I want to thank you again for coming. My candy hearts there. They were just for you. I had you in mind when I bought them. <laughs> And so, Jim Belushi, everybody, thank you so much for being thank on you. Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Cushman. Gwah! Wow. Thanks, man. Well, what do you know? We're done with another great episode of Grow Weed at Home. Jim Belushi was absolutely fantastic. He was flabbergasted. We talked about his brand, uh, Belushi's Farm. We talked about the Blues Brothers brand. We talked about growing Belushi and we met a really inspiring person. Um, I hope you'll come back and join us again soon for the next episode of Grow Weed at Home with Kyle Kushner. Are you ready to take your cannabis cultivation game to the next level? Well, hold on to your buds because we have an amazing offer just for you. Are you familiar with Strawberry Cough? This legendary strain has delighted cannabis enthusiasts worldwide with its mouth-watering flavor and uplifting effects. Lineage? Sure, let's dive into it. Strawberry Cough is a delicious cross between strawberry fields and haze. Its distinct strawberry aroma and sweet taste make it a favorite among connoisseurs. Now, here's the exciting news. We're offering a fantastic deal on Strawberry Cough feminized cannabis seeds. You'll receive 20% off your purchase on any pack size of these seeds when you use code COUGH20. That's C-O-U-G-H-2-0. That's COUGH20 at homegrowncannabisco.com. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to grow your own strawberry cough. Whether you're a seasoned cultivator or a newbie looking to explore the world of marijuana horticulture, these feminized seeds will set you on the path to aromatic success.
Visit homegrowncannabisco.com today and select from their wide range of premium cannabis seeds and maybe take advantage of 20% off your strawberry cough seeds when using code COF20. Happy growing, folks. Get ready to savor the tantalizing flavors and uplifting effects of strawberry cough, a strain that deserves a spot in every cannabis enthusiast's garden. Check out homegrowncannabisco.com now and seize this offer before it's gone.